beginning of a long, hard day for machine and man in preparation for a speed contest. Ten times a year, a breed of man, obsessed with a love of speed, exhibits the fastest, most powerful racing machines the world has ever seen. Man and machine are fitted against each other on dirt and asphalt. The competition is for the national championship in oval track racing and is sanctioned by the United States Auto Club. This is yet another special edition of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing as we get set for the BC39. It's the Jimmy Johnson episode, episode 48. Well, I guess it's the Alex Bowman episode now. Do you the watch? Alex Bowman episode. Sorry about that. Uh, didn't don't want to don't want to um, talk about our our you know beer friend there and the Chili Bowl who who supports my drinking habits while in Tulsa most of the time. Uh, of course, when I'm not working. Uh, but uh, the Jimmy Johnson episode, <laughs> the Jimmy Johnson episode of the Loud Pedal Podcast, as we get set for the BC 39 happening Wednesday and Thursday tonight, which is Tuesday, August 17th. There will be a live draft, and that draft order is out. D. Welch, how do you like the format uh, for the BC 39? You've been a part of it a couple of years. Uh, I think it was only in 2019 where they had this draft format. Do you like it? I love it. Yeah. And we, we did kind of a similar thing at, uh, at Placerville for the Hangtown 100 a couple of years ago too, but I love it. Um, you know, I think it, it adds a different, a different level of, um, almost like pressure because you put it on yourself because you pick the heat race based on, you know, you think, you know, you pick heat races based on your, you know, your ability to gain the most points. So, uh, you know, you kind of put that pressure on yourself that, okay, I picked this heat race for a reason. I need to go up here and, and get the job done and get all these points. So uh, I think from the driver's perspective, you know, it kind of adds a different dynamic to it. And then, you know, from the fans perspective too, you know, it's interesting because um, a lot of times, you know, especially with guys at the end of the draw, you know, they just kind of don't have any options. So a lot of times you get some really good heat races, or you maybe get some heat races where there's you know, maybe not cars is so good at the, at the front, but you've got some really good guys that have to come from the back. So there's a lot of different, um, you know, a lot of different variables that make it exciting, but it promotes, promotes racing. That's, that's the biggest thing is it, it promotes, um, you know, you getting up on the wheel and making some moves and, and gaining positions. So I love it. I think it's, uh, I think it's super cool. As of right now, there are 74 drivers on the draft order. Um, you got guys like Chase Briscoe who are buried at the 72nd spot and have, have to make their pick back. Then Ryan Newman, 71. But then you got like guys like Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott who are second and third in the draft order. So um, we're going to talk to Zeb Wise here shortly. It seems like the best spot to be is probably right in the middle because then you kind of know where some of the better guys are shaking out and where they're going to be in their heat. Yeah, for sure. And, and um, you know, I, I think, again, that's, you know, kind of looking at that. Um, you know, that draft order, there is guys, you know, like Larson, you know, at the front of it, who he's just going to pick, you know, 
probably sixth or something, you know, in, in a heat in some random heat race and just hope that it fills out, uh, you know, to his advantage. But he's he's in literally zero control, you know, of, of how his heat race fills out. And again, there's guys, you know, further down the list. Like I think Briscoe is back there, you know, at the very back or something. And so he's just kind of going to have to pick whichever one he thinks he can pass the most cars in. So I love, I love it. I love that, you know, that uh, the thought process that goes into, uh, you know, you get put on a clock and you got to make your decision and, and just hope it works out. So I, I love it. It's a lot of fun. Excited to watch. Be, I'm excited cool. to be able to watch that process too on, on flow tonight. I'm glad they're going to, you guys are going to broadcast it. Six to nine on flow tonight. You can watch that draft. That's going to be really cool. Uh, the BC 39 took a year off because of COVID in 2020. It is back and it's going to be bigger than ever here in 2021. It's the largest paying midget race in the entire world. 15 grand to win. And we mentioned the format. Yes, there's um, a draft order, but D. Welch, the format is interesting because there are passing points, which is not typical to a USAC format. Right. Yeah. It's, there's no qualifying, obviously. So, um, you know, it's, it's chili bowl format, basically. You know, you you run a heat race and accrue passing points, and that lines you up for a qualifier. And then you got to pass more cars, and they lock a certain number of cars into the feature, and everybody else runs the, you know, the the lower main. So. Um, anything that, you know, anything that promotes racing, you know, and promotes having to pass, um, is good with me. And, you know, and it's, it's interesting because now with USAC and the way their format is, I mean, and it's always kind of been this way, but qualifying is just so, so important. And if you qualify bad, you're really in a hole, um, for the whole night. And so I think that this type of format lends itself to, um, you know, you don't, you don't have to have a great heat race necessarily, but if you have a really, you've got an okay heat race and a really good qualifier, you're going to be fine. So I, I, there's just a lot of different things that, that make it, um, you know, make it fun to follow along and, and, you know, puts, puts pressure on certain guys in certain situations that, you know, you don't have all the time at, you know, at, at regular USAC races. Correct me if I'm wrong, but. How much pressure is there in the feeling of having to run your heat race on a Wednesday and then have to sit there and think about running your qualifier on Thursday uh, for 24 hours? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on how good your heat race goes. You know, like I, I think <clears throat> I think if you have a good heat race, you know, you don't you don't really worry about it. But um, it's the same for everybody, you know, so I, I think that it's 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 ultimately you just got to get through your heat race you just you just focus one race at a time you got to get through your heat race and then if it goes great you know you still got a job to do on thursday and if it goes bad you know what you you know you got a whole night to think about how you're going to get yourself out of a hole so um you know it's it's a catch-22 i guess in that sense but it's all these guys just kind of know that you know you just got what you got and you you know however it goes you just have to react accordingly and, and put yourself in the best best spot the next day this racetrack really was the brainchild of Brian Clawson, who, um, you know, from the grounds and the, and the grass of turn three, they put some dirt down and they ran some midgets um, for a day and, and decided, you know what, we're not going to race today, but we're going to actually do it big and do something um, big in the long term. And, and Doug Bowles, um, the president of IMS, has been bought into it ever since, you know, that day came up with Brian Clawson that day where they went and turned some laps there. And it's really turned into a premier facility. Um, it's in the infield of turn three and it's a tremendous racetrack. You've obviously had the pleasure of racing on it twice. Uh, what do you think of that place and being a Hoosier, what does that place mean to you? I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think anytime you're, you know, you're in, 
you know, inside the gates at IMS, no matter what it is, you know, there's a, there's a feeling of, um, feeling of, of importance, you know, that you don't get everywhere else. So, um, and it's, it's one of those events that, you know, I think everybody does a great job of, of kind of making it feel like a big event. You know, you, you know, it's, it's obvious, obviously when you're in the pits and the big track is, you know, around you, but, uh, you know, you can see the pagoda and it, it just, you know, it has that feel of a big event and the fans are always, you know, it's always a packed house and the fans are always super into it. And, um, you know, it's, it's obviously a very knowledgeable fan base. So they understand what they're watching and, um, you know, get into it. And, and, and I think everybody feeds off of that. So, um, it's just a great event, you know, and I'm so glad that it's, it's continued, that it wasn't just a one and done thing. And that, um, you know, with, with new ownership and new leadership at, at the speedway that, uh, it didn't get axed quite frankly, you know, because, you know, Roger, I think certainly respects all kinds of racing, but, um, you know, has, has been known to, to not be the biggest fan of, of dirt track racing in the past. So, um, I appreciate that, you know, he understands the value and sees the value of having an event like that, uh, on his property and, and, you know, that it, that he's allowed it to continue and, and, you know, that his staff has continued to support it. There's also no bigger cheerleader than Doug Bowles and, and Susie Elliott at the Speedway who have really wanted this event to continue. And, and, um, I think it's important to know that, those guys have really pushed, um, you know, the the new ownership to to keep this race, and and they've kept it, and and they're gonna make it just as big as the past two have been. And I know one of the years they dealt with rain, um, which they got through that with flying colors. And and I, this is actually gonna be the first year that I'm not going to uh, the BC 39, um, which is a really cool event. You should go out to it. It's tremendous. It's it's some exciting racing. And and on Wednesday night, D Welch, they have the Stoops, um, you know. Pursuit, pursuit race, race. if yeah. you will uh last year's stoops pursuit race might have been some of the most you know exciting midget laps we've seen uh ever uh, it was pretty tremendous yeah and, and and that's the thing you know they do a great job of you know of giving people something to stick around for all night you know that pursuit race is um is another thing that just lends itself to you know survival of the fittest basically and whoever's going to be the bravest and pass the most cars you know keeps advancing so um and that you know that race it was 19, you know, with Pickens and Justin Grant and Larson, you know, is, is all over social media, you know, every year when it comes time to run the BC 39, cause it was just so insane. But, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's a great couple days of racing. You know, the track is always, is always prepared perfectly. And it's, it's great racing. It's a great midget track. Um, you know, and, and guys want to do well there guys want to win that race and they drive hard and, and it, it shows in the racing that you see on the racetrack. So, uh, it's a great event, you know, and I, and I do hope that, you know, if people haven't been before that, uh, you know, they do go check it out because it's it's one that, uh, you know, that you you'll come back to every year that, you know, once you once you go, you'll want to be back every year. No doubt about that. All right. Let's get into our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week brought to you by Sun Dollar Restoration. We, of course, have Zeb Wise on the show today uh, talking about his win in 2019 in the BC 39 and then what's been going on in his world. He's going to be back to defend his title with Matt Wood racing um, Wednesday and Thursday here at the BC 39. Of course, Sundollar Restoration based in Carmel, Indiana. Um, they will restore water, fire, mold restoration. They do all sorts of restoration projects um, for houses, commercial buildings. Um, that's at sundollar.net is where you can find them. And Jason and Kim, uh, I guess that's where Zeb's uh, doing the show from today. So it's going to be cool to talk 
to Zeb here shortly. All right. Uh, Larson won at Oskaloosa on Monday and then ended up winning the rest of the crap uh, the rest of the week and winning the Knoxville Nationals. Um, he's now won the Kings Royal, the Prairie Dirt Classic. Um, what else am I missing here? The Chili Bowl Midget Chili Nationals. Bowl. Uh, what is it? Five Cup Series races this year, and the All Star um, race, and the All Star race, and uh, what is it? So he won the Knoxville Nationals, the Kings Royal. He, he could potentially win the National Open too if he goes. Yeah, we don't know if he he's will, not done. I'm sure. No, no, I don't think he's done winning for the year. Um, so yeah, Larson is just on a tear right now. He's hard to beat. Um. And what the one thing that stuck out to me was, uh, I think I don't know if I mentioned this after the Kings Royal, they crashed that car up big time uh, in the first Kings Royal, and then Papa Sweet and you know uh, Paul Silva and them they put the welder to her and put that thing back together, uh, and in Victory Lane, <laughs> Silva was like, "This thing is a hunk of shit." Like, this is not a good car, and he's still winning with it. Now, this was a brand-new car that they won the Knoxville Nationals with, and, of course, Paul Silva is one of the best crew chiefs in the world. But I would not say that Larson has superior equipment to anyone out there right now. He's beating these guys on pure talent. Well, and, and he even said that in one of his interviews. You know, I think it was his Victory Lane interview that they are truly just a small single-car team from California. You know, I mean, obviously they have really nice, you know, equipment, and, um, the best driver out there, but, um, you know, it's not like they're, you know, a full-time outlaw team that just showed up and, and, you know, won the Knoxville Nationals. I mean, they all, they are for all intents and purposes, a small team. Um, you know, so I think that was an interesting comment from him and, uh, something that, you know, I think all of us have probably lost sight of just because of how dominant they've been, uh, in recent years. But, um, I don't want to call it an underdog story because I don't think that's a pro that's appropriate necessarily, but, um, you know, it was, uh, it, it's pretty cool, you know, to, to think about that, um, you know, those guys just rolled in there and, and, you know, and beat the best of the best. So, um, just another feather in, in Kyle's cap, obviously. And, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy for him, you know, that he, he got the chance and has gotten the chance to, to have the success that he's had, you know, because obviously, uh, you know, with, with everything that went on with him last year, you know, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's just cool to see him, you know, be rewarded for changing his lifestyle and doing everything he's done to, to make himself better. And, and, you know, he's reaping the benefits of, and the rewards of, of that now, I think. What's there left to accomplish in sprint car racing? Uh, he hasn't a national open, right? I mean, he hadn't won that. Is that or has he won the national open? Not sure on that. Yeah, I, I mean, might have won that already. I <laughs> yeah, I, I don't even know. But I mean, there's always stuff to win, right? I mean, there's always you know races that you know you you want to want to win and shoot next year. You know, they're bringing back the historical big one, so maybe he just he's got to go in that. You know. Yeah, he wants to win anything. He's about to try to win the BC yeah. 39 this week. Uh, and yeah, yeah, he hasn't he won, drove, hasn't won that. Yeah, he hasn't won that yet. That's right. He hasn't won that yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> he, he will draw a third in the draft order tonight uh, on Flow Racing. Uh, Brian Brown won at Knoxville in his prelim night. David Gravel did too. Uh, let's see some of the other winners. We had Rico Abreu won the hard Knox race. That was a big win for Rico. Uh, they had been struggling a little bit this year, and he was pretty open about it in his um, post-race press conference just about 
putting everything together, and it was cool to see Rico go back to victory lane. Absolutely, and cool to see him and Jack start on the front row of that race. Um, you know, obviously with Rico kind of uh, being the driving force behind Jack's farewell tour with the, the Pennzoil 22 car, so it was neat that they were able to kind of share the front row together. No doubt about that. Um, the the National Sprint Car Series USAC is going back to Paragon this week uh, for the first time in a couple of decades, I think. But Jake Swanson won the non-wing race. Um, might be someone to watch out for this week on your uh, dirt draft team. Uh, he, he won this non-wing race at Paragon this past week. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Brian Stanfield won a wing 360 sprint car race at Castro. Congratulations to him. Uh, Nate Dussel, Fast 410 Sprint Car Series at Fremont. Uh, we mentioned Larson won the Kings Royal. And there's actually not too much racing going on this week because a lot of people take off um, for the Knoxville Nationals. However, we did have a pretty big night at the Lucas Oil Raceway, and you were there. Um, I think my hat shake might go to Josh Wise. Uh, you know, I just got to say, Chuck Gurney. I called it. Here, Chuck Gurney. I was, I was going to give mine to Chuck. All right, I'll take Josh then. Josh Wise um, with a bold move on a restart uh, to win for Alex Bowman Racing. That's actually the first win for Alex Bowman Racing, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Ten grand to win pavement midget race. It came on pavement. Um, they built that beautiful wing 410 sprint car, but it's the pavement midgets that are getting it done. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a great night at, at Raceway Park. You know, Cody Swanson won uh, the sprint car and Silver Crown race, so uh, nobody took home the $100,000 bonus from Fatheads, but Cody won two of the three. So he, he took home 50 grand extra. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, Josh won the, won the midget race, obviously. And the midget race was, was fantastic. So, um, really great night. Um, wish there'd been more people there, but I think they were kind of in a tough spot with everything going on. It was a full day at the big track on Saturday with the IndyCar and Xfinity race. And then obviously you had Knoxville, you know, that night that, you know, there was probably some people that wanted to stay home and watch. So, um, but you know, the people that were there saw three really great races and, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Casey and, and everybody over there at, at Raceway Park can, can, uh, keep the ball rolling and the momentum rolling, uh, you know, right into 2022. For sure. Chase Stockin doubled up with the Midwest Sprint Car Series. He won at Hobstadt and he won at Terre Haute. It's been a kind of a trying year for, for stocking, but it's maybe they're going to get that thing righted here heading into the SmackDown uh, coming up next week. Uh, Jake Newman won a midget race at Jacksonville Speedway. Corey Wyatt won the USAC Speed 2 IMRA Midget Car Series event at Spoon River Speedway. Um, Carl Bowser won at Sharon Speedway in the Wing 410 Sprint Cars. Andy Forsberg, winner at Placerville with the Wing 360 Sprint Cars. So, those are just some of the winners. I saw Lachlan McHugh won uh, a race at Northline Speedway as well in a war, uh, wing 410 sprint car. So those are just some of the winners. If we missed you, uh, we don't care. Uh, we, we really don't. Uh, you guys will just have to tweet us and let us know, and we apologize. All right, so your Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week goes to Chuck Gurney Jr. Is that it? That's right. First time back in a car in 10-plus years, and – Drove the old 51 to fourth, so he did a good job. Chuck Gurney, of course, uh, works for Keith Coons Motorsports and, and helps on their midgets and got back into a pavement midget this week and uh, did a really good job. Uh, I know that Logan CV tweeted about him. He, he said that he was just going to be like a field filler 
but that was not the case for old Chuck Gurney. No, he was good. He was rolling. And mine goes to Josh Wise. It's been probably just as long uh, since Josh Wise won a race. Was it 2008? Did I see? Was his last? That sounds right. Payment, payment midget win. Um, huge win for Josh Wise. And actually, you you should probably get a Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shake of the Week for picking him to win. That's right. All that. Went out on a big limb there. No, not, not really. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to our Sun Dollar Restoration Hat Shakes of the Week. Chuck Gurney Jr. and Josh Wise in the pavement midget race at the Lucas Oil Raceway. All right, let's get to talking to Zeb Wise. He is the defending winner of the BC39. It happened in 2019. He's also the youngest uh, winner at IMS, I guess we can say, um, <laughs> in the history of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. He is the youngest winner. Uh, we're going to talk to him about racing in the BC39 this year with Matt Wood. This is episode 48 of the Loud Pedal Podcast here on Flow Racing. We are brought to you by Quick Pits. QuickPits.com is your one-stop shop for over 350,000 national parts and accessories from the brands you demand. Truck, Jeep, Auto, and ATV with fast, free shipping to your door. Use promo code FLOWSPORTS. That's promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings. Again, promo code FLOWSPORTS at checkout for additional savings at quickpits.com. How you like me now? And we welcome you back to the Loud Pedal Podcast. This is episode 48, the Jimmy Johnson episode of the Loud Pedal here on Flow Racing. Uh, we promised you Zeb Wise. He's the defending winner of the BC39. It happened in 2019. So, of course, uh, the race was COVIDed out in 2020. Uh, so we did not have it. Uh, Zeb, what's up? What are you doing? I uh, just got in Indy, actually. Um, I'm staying here. At Jason and Kim's house, Sun Dollar Restoration. Um, staying at their house this week and uh, getting ready to go. Got the draft party tonight. I think I draw uh, ninth or something like that. So, um, yeah, to see see what's open and what the heat race lineups look like. I mean, only eight guys in front of me, but um, some good guys too. So we'll be able to get a good pick, I think. Yeah. Would you rather be Would you rather be at the front or the back of that draw? I feel like the ideal place is kind of like right in the middle, um, which I, I think is where I was at in 2019. Um, like, I think Sunshine has a really good spot. He's 20th. And I feel like there's some good guys that go early. And that's what Wikipedia said. Like, the, uh, I think you got Kyle um, is one of them. He, I think he picks second. Um, Days and me. Uh, and and Timez is one. Uh, there's, there's a few good guys that go pretty early. So, um, I think it's better to be right in that middle spot because you at least you still have options and you got to get a good idea of what the heat race lineups are going to look like and stuff like that. In 2019, where'd you pick? Where'd you end up starting in your heat? Well, uh, ironically, 
every time. See, they did the they've done the draft twice now. I think uh, they did it for BC thirty nine, and then they did it for Decoin. And each time I've picked where I wanted to start, someone has fallen out in front of me, and I've had to move to a different spot. Um, but I originally picked sixth, and I had to start fifth, and then I ended up winning that, and then started fourth in my qualifier and won that, and started fifth in the feature. Um, so I had to start fifth, and Tim, uh, I joke with him all the time because at the time there was, I think I, I think I picked like probably right around where Sunshine was, like twentieth, and <laughs> Ricky had picked, I think, I think he was fourth in one of the heats, and uh, obviously he was my teammate, and we only have four cars, and I four or five cars, and I picked in the same heat as Ricky, and at the time Tim was like why would you put two cars in the same, two of our cars in the same heat race? And uh, after we won the feature, I looked at him and I said, hey, I don't think two cars in the same heat race is too bad, huh? <laughs> yeah, I would say not. So that kind of leads us to, you know, your situation. You're, you are driving for a different team this year, um, you know, than you have in the past there. So, uh, and it's, it's a group that hasn't run a ton um, I mean, they've run stuff on the West Coast and everything. You guys are in Chili Bowl, obviously, but USAC-wise, you guys haven't run a ton with this program. So, um, you know, how are you feeling about where everything's at with the Matt Wood team and, and, you know, the program you guys have got built up? I'm feeling really good. Uh, we, obviously, Chili Bowl, the results don't really show it, but um, <coughs> the speed we had was definitely there. The whole team um, – and I really don't feel like, I mean, Chili Bowl's its own animal, but I don't feel like the size of the track is is really a whole lot different. I mean, BC39 is really small. Um, and my dad is going to be turning the wrenches. Shane and Shane and Dustin aren't even going to be here. So, um, yeah, excited to have my dad on the wrenches again. It's been oh, probably four or five years since I've got to work with him. Um, and then my brother-in-law uh, will be eh, tire guy. and excited to have him back. It's, I feel like we're going micro racing again when I was 12 years old. Um, and then we're also going to be pitted right next to the 19 team and Rizzy. Um, and he's going to be there to help us if we need anything. And I'm sure we'll be stealing stuff from the 19 team all week. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited. I think that the Shane and Dustin build really, really nice cars. Um, and Matt does a great job with them getting the resources they need to to build nice cars and succeed. So, um, yeah, I don't have any doubts that we can go there and, and compete for a win for sure. Was this kind of a no brainer to come back and defend this title? Yeah, it, it was. I mean, I, I knew that whenever the next one was going to be that I wanted to be a part of it, obviously, and try to defend it. Um, not going to lie though, driving home Knoxville or after Knoxville on Sunday. And I was like, man, I got one day off here, and then we're draft party Tuesday, race Wednesday, Thursday, and then I got to turn around and race, get back in the 10 car Friday, Saturday uh, with the All-Stars. So um, it's going to be a busy week for sure, starting the night. How uh, – I know Knoxville was kind of a – you know, didn't go exactly how you wanted, but, uh, you know, your first one, how would you kind of evaluate how things went out there? Um, take – the hard knocks night out of it. And I was really, really happy. Um, I don't have, I, before Knoxville, I probably had 50 laps there total in a 410. 
and had never made a show there in a 410, just really had no expectations. And they knew that too, um, that this is not a place where I obviously have had any success at. So um, I, we didn't go in with any expectations and just kind of rolled with things and how they went. And I don't think we qualified all that great. I think like 22nd on our prelim night. And then that set up a, set us up fourth in the heat and went fourth to second in the heat and was pretty pumped with that. And I knew that would set us up pretty good. And then B-Walk texted me and was like, dude, you're never going to believe this. And I'm, I was, we had kind of like thought about the poll, but I was like, man, I don't know. Like we got to jump up a lot in points to get to the poll. And sure enough, I was the last one on the invert and landed the pole. And at that point, like once you get up there, I mean, the pole, you're either on the pole or you're ninth, which is a major difference in your entire night. And once I knew I was on the pole, I had a lot more confidence in myself because really a wing car around Knoxville by yourself isn't really the hardest thing. Um, I mean, as long as you can get going and get to where you want to be, then it's not the hardest thing to do. And I knew if I just got at least in a spot where I could maintain, and that's where I landed was fourth. And I knew, I I mean, you never want to go into a race thinking you're going to fall back. Like, that's never what you want to do. But I knew the guys behind me, I'm like, the chances of me staying up here and leading the entire 25 laps are probably slim. Um, so I, was, I just went in and was like, I just need to maintain here and was running fourth. And I think like with the speed we had, I think I was probably going to land fourth or fifth. Uh, that's probably where I was going to stay. And unfortunately broke a rear end, but yeah, just to be able to go there and be competitive like that for really my first ever time being competitive there. And my first night in the five car with those guys was uh really cool. Awesome group of guys there. They're really cool people. Yeah, because I know the all-star race didn't go as planned as you wanted it to. So you were probably thinking, like, do I really want to go back out there and race there? <laughs> yeah, I had no intentions of going. Uh, the 10 car was not going to be there. I was not even going to be there. I was going to be on the lake enjoying myself. And then uh, got the call to ask if I want to fill in for Buddy. Um, and I figured that was an opportunity I couldn't really uh, toss up with the five teams. So. so now you're getting ready to get back in the midget. Um, after, you know, what, I guess a half a year or more, you know, full-time as the wing, as a wing racer, um, how do you anticipate all that you've learned this year, translating or helping you when you jump back in the midget? It's definitely going to slow things down. I feel like, um, when you go to places like Port Royal, Williams Grove, Eldora, Knoxville, places like that, where you're running 130 mile an hour on the wall. Um, I feel like it's going to slow things down for me come Wednesday. And, uh, you know, hopefully I adapt quickly. Um, I haven't been in a midget for a while, but when I went back to Chili Bowl, I seem to jump back in and be pretty, pretty good right away. So um, I don't expect much different from that. I feel like I can switch back and forth pretty good. I've never really struggled with it in the past, not trying to jinx myself, but um, yeah, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good. I learned I've learned more this year than I did uh, all last year, I think, just because um, with the experience I had last year and on top of this year, I've been up front with those guys. And racing racing up front with guys like Sunshine, uh, Baylog, Cap Henry, just all those guys, Paul McMahon, uh, Corey Elias, and guys like that that race wing cars all the time, you learn to race really aggressive, but 
Um, I feel like wing racing is very, very aggressive and very clean as well for the most part. So um, I'm interested to see how I do this week. Um, I think we'll be just fine, but yeah, looking forward to it. How would you describe uh, winning at Indianapolis? Uh, what, what did that mean to you in your career? Uh, it was arguably the biggest win in my career uh, right there with Kokomo. Um, it's just being a Hoosier boy uh, and being the first Hoosier to win it was pretty cool. Um, just, you know, when you grow up in Indiana, the Indy 500 is all you hear about. Um, and that month of May is all you hear about in the biggest race of the year. And um, just that track in general, uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway is the uh, racing capital of the world. So yeah, it's uh, it was awesome. I had uh, that, that whole week was really fun, um, especially with, Winning it with CMR uh, was pretty awesome in the 39 BC and being able to get that win for them. Uh, I know, um, I think that win meant more to them uh, than it meant to me, which is saying a lot. So yeah, that, that whole week was really cool. Having Jason and Kim there from Sundollar right in their backyard um, and everyone that was a part of that deal. It was a special week for sure. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, kind of looking back at, in something you mentioned, you know, of running the, the big tracks and stuff. And, and obviously you don't go to all big tracks in the wing car, but, but the, the BC 39 track is a tiny little place. I mean, it's a, it's a small kind of flat little, uh, you know, bull ring type place. So, um, what do you have to do there to be successful with the format and everything? It's kind of a, you know, it's a different format than traditional USAC races. Like what does it take there to put the whole two nights together to, to put yourself in that spot? Um, it's kind of, I look at it as, like, if you can get through your heat race okay and you have a decent heat race, you go, my ideal spot to start is, like, sixth. I feel like that's about a best spot as you can get. If you can go sixth to second, sixth to first is really good. Um, but if you go sixth to second, you're sitting pretty good, and you'll be sitting pretty good in a qualifier. You'll probably start that fourth spot somewhere in there. And if you can just maintain, you don't – once you get – up there in points, all you have to do is just maintain. You don't have to do something spectacular. Um, if you can just go, like I, I say, always move forward when it comes to passing points formats. Um, if you can just move forward every time, you're probably going to be in an okay spot. Um, I think like sixth to second and a fourth to second is probably going to set you up in the top 10 of the feature. Like that's, you're going to be okay. So um, it's better to get what you can get instead of try to be a hero when it comes to these things too. You don't want to try to go sixth to first and, and wreck and then have to go sixth to fourth instead of just going sixth to second and take your second place. So there's a lot of ways to look at it, but um, the draft definitely changes things because you get to basically, you had no excuses at that point. You got to pick where you wanted. So um, that definitely makes things more interesting, but I love this format. It's my probably my favorite format besides New Zealand. And you like it just because you're able to, like, choose your own destination? Well, I feel like you have an out almost because if you even if you do have a bad heat race, um, you know, unless you're so far out of the qualifier, but if you do have a bad heat race and let's say you're out of the invert of the qualifier, then you can come from the back and have a good run and still set yourself up pretty good. Like the year... The year I won the shootout, which is really no different than this format here, the year I won the shootout, I was actually so buried in points that I was out of the invert in uh, 
the qualifier. And I ended up going seventh to first in the qualifier and made all my points up starting on the front row. So like you can bury yourself and still get yourself out of a hole if you, you know, if you're good enough. Yeah. I think, I mean, it's, you know, it's like chili bowl tie, you know, it's like you, you don't want to have a terrible race, obviously, but you, you know, you have options to get yourself out of trouble, you know, worst case, which I think just lends itself naturally to, to people driving hard and good racing. Yeah, it's not like qualifying where you have a bad two laps and your whole night's ruined off of two laps. You can never make anything up. So I like it because it gives you that uh, out if you have a bad race. For sure. We saw Doug Bowles uh, take the suit jacket off and was helping, uh, you know, fix the road course this past weekend for the Cup Series. Well, one of the coolest things that happens at the BC39 is he goes around and congratulates everyone while they're sitting in their car. Um how cool is that to you to see this happening and, and how impressed are you with his whole team and what they've done well with this race over the years? Yeah. Uh, to think that they just started with, uh, basically flat grass and threw some dirt on it and let Brian and a few other guys rip around there to think that it started there and what it is now, um, is really cool. And what Doug and everyone there has done is amazing. And I love the fact that Doug is out there, um, on the grader and on the tractor and is helping out in any way he can um, and walks around in a he was literally in a suit and tie walking around in the mud uh, saying thank you to every car that started the feature and I'm sure he said thank you to every car that wasn't in the feature too so um, just to see that out of a guy like him who's as as established as him is uh, is pretty damn cool you don't see that every day and um, like I said, what they've done with that race uh, between him and Nos, Driven to Save Lives, and Tim and Die and everyone with that race is uh, it's pretty cool. Um, I'm excited to hopefully uh, defend my title, but just pretty happy to be a part of it and uh, pretty proud to call myself a winner of it. Well, I appreciate you for coming on the show. Uh, good luck this week. You don't have to beat Dylan, so that's good. Um, you know, he's he's been the last he, two and. You know what? This is the race I tweeted about Dylan um, because he hadn't ran a midget like all year. Comes in and goes like fifth of, well, he had a good heat race. I don't remember what it was, but I remember tweeting about it and saying that it's impressive that someone can take that much time off and never race and come back and drive by some of the best guys out there. That the last or the last time we ran there, so nineteen. Yeah, it was. I won my qual my heat race and my qualifier, so it was a good. Yeah. Uh, good first uh first few laps for us out there so i'm i'm bummed i'm not running in it but excited to watch you guys so uh you know good luck this week bud thank you who's all coming from the boat camp i know obviously larson's in there but yeah larson chris uh chris windham and then um i think tims Basin. maybe i think ryan tims and spencer Basin. oh and Basin. yeah oh and Basin. spencer yeah and spencer that's yeah, a yeah, good yeah. group yep that's four yeah, really is. tough cars four cars that can easily yeah. win yeah, they'll, they'll be good. And you guys are most likely all going to be chasing Larson. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who's in? The, who's in that? At least uh, you don't have to worry about that, Bell that, this yeah. week. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You don't have to worry about both uh, Bell and Larson. But <laughs> Larson is in uh, the car that he won Indiana Midget Week with last year, so um, it should be should be a tough go in the BC Thirty Nine. All right. Well, good luck, Zeb. Um, good to talk to you, and uh, hopefully you get a good, you know, good spot tonight. Um, maybe a good heat race, maybe a little bit easier heat race would probably be 
uh, good for you, right? Yeah, easier the better. That's right. <laughs> All right, talk to you later, bud. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on.